Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken, disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Los Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. I'm super excited to introduce our new theme, energy metabolism. If you're a health practitioner who really wants to help people to get well, not to just cover up symptoms, not to just apply protocols, whether nutritional or pharmaceutical, we are doing a live event that's just right for you. It's called Functional Nutrigenomics in Clinical Practice. And it's all about how you can learn the genetic testing you can do with people to help you to personalize their diet and lifestyle plans. And when you put that together with your typical really great functional history and lab testing, you're gonna have all you need. So join us for an online virtual event that you can attend from anywhere. It's June 2nd to 4th, 2023. And you can get there by going to nesliveconference.com. That's nesliveconference.com. And we'll also put the link on the show notes page. Most of the clients that I see are challenged with having enough energy to do what they want to do, what they need to do, and what they get paid to do. They use the words fatigue, exhaustion, sluggishness, and tiredness, amongst a host of other words to describe what they're feeling. The intent of this episode is to cover some of the root causes of fatigue from a metabolic perspective so that you're better equipped to truly help these people in need of an energy boost and healing, to actually heal and get on with their lives. The obvious fatigue symptoms are not having the energy on a macro level to do things. The more subtle presentations of fatigue are often missed by clients and also by practitioners. I remember doing a two-hour live talk several years back and asking the audience members to raise their hand if they ever felt fatigued. All but one raised her hand. So I dug deeper. How are your bowels? Constipation is fatigue of the bowels. How's your breathing? Difficulty breathing can be in part due to fatigue of the tissues of the lungs. Depression is fatigue of the brain and nervous system, and so on. I also asked her how much coffee she drank, and she said two cups in the morning. I asked her, how do you feel if you delay or skip it? Tired, she replied, and smiled. A light bulb moment. She wasn't considering herself tired because she was self-medicating. And that was me 40 years ago. I didn't think of myself as tired. It turned out that the black tea and Diet Coke I drank all day long masked it. And as a result, my health fell apart because I was masking the early warning signs. How many of your clients are doing the same? Fatigue is a sign that something is not functioning properly. And it can be due to any number of underlying dysfunctions. So let's start by talking about the most common causes of fatigue. 
Then we'll look at mitochondria and what makes them tick and the nutrients that are required for them to function properly. And we'll end with a few suggestions you can incorporate into your client's health plans. Future episodes in this series will go into more detail on each of the most common causes of low energy and fatigue. So let's just jump in. Fatigue can be caused by imbalances in many different areas. So number one, oxygen. If we don't get enough oxygen into the tissues, into the cells, and into the mitochondria, we can't make energy. So breathing is important. Teaching people how to breathe, you know, diaphragmatic breathing, super important for their energy levels. Another important aspect is neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters carry the the signal from one nerve to the next, from nerves to neuromuscular junctions. They give the cells the signal to act the way they're supposed to act. So imbalances in neurotransmitters can lead to fatigue, as well as depression, which is actually fatigue of the nervous system. There are several hormones that are at the root cause of fatigue and exhaustion cellularly and macro. The one that people think about the most is the thyroid. It's actually the job of the thyroid to regulate the metabolism at every cell in the body. It regulates the oxygen uptake and the ability of every cell to produce energy. When the thyroid goes out of balance, we feel exhausted. We also have other signs of fatigue on a cellular level. So let's look at constipation. That's a thyroid sign. That's a sign of fatigue. What about dry skin? Well, the skin doesn't have what it needs to be able to repair itself properly. What about depression? Yeah, we already talked about that. So the thyroid contributes to the cellular energy as well as what we feel as a whole person. The adrenals are involved in energy production. The, the adrenals respond to stressors in the life of, of any individual, animals, people, etc. And when excess cortisol is produced, it affects the cellular metabolism. It affects the metabolism of energy. And what about good old insulin? Insulin's responsible for taking the sugar, right, from the blood and putting it into the cells. Sugar plus oxygen are critical for the function of the mitochondria, which make the energy. So when we don't have insulin sensitivity, when we make too much insulin or not enough insulin, we get into a state of fatigue. That's one of the common symptoms. So let's go to where we're going to spend most of our time today. Let's talk about the mitochondria. Good old friend of mine wrote a book called Mighty Mitos, <laughs> right? They're mighty. They're powerhouses of every cells. And they have a lot of functions, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We have a really detailed module in our nutritional endocrinology program that goes into depth and has all kinds of beautiful charts all about mitochondria. So what do mitochondria do? Well, they are responsible for something called cellular respiration. It's basically the release of energy from glucose. And like I said, we need glucose plus oxygen to feed into those mitochondria to produce ATP, which is the energy currency of the cell. Stage one is glycolysis. We put in oxygen 
we put in glucose and out comes two ATPs plus two molecules of pyruvic acid and two electron carrying molecules of NADH, also called nicotinamide, adenine dinucleotide. Get that, it's close to ATP, so you're gonna see where that comes in. So two ATPs are energy, so we body can use that as energy, but the rest of it has to go through the next stages in order to be converted into ATP. So stage two, is the citric acid cycle, also known as the Krebs cycle. You might remember learning about that in school, that little cycle that has all kinds of nutrients going around the edge and in comes all these chemicals and out comes these other chemicals. Yeah, so the Krebs cycle. And NAD and FAD, niacin and riboflavin, were dependent molecules, are further reduced and they're made in the citric acid cycle and they're further reduced into the electron transport chain. Now, when we get into the electron transport, that's where we get the bulk of the ATP. 36 ATPs get produced and that's where the energy comes from. But if something's wrong in this mechanism, if we're missing some of the nutrients, which we're gonna talk about in a moment, that the cycles need, that stage one, two, or three need, then instead of getting 36 ATPs, we get two. And guess what? There's people who feel tired as a result. The other thing that people don't think about for the mitochondria, they have other functions. They also cell signaling for neurons. So they allow the neurons to communicate with each other. They manage apoptosis, which is programmed cell death. So basically, you know, the, the cell is at the end of its life and it has to be pop goes the weasel, it pops, and we get rid of it, right? So it's not left hanging around. They also manage the cell cycle and monitor some of the cell differentiation, growth and development. So these mitochondria are pretty important, not just for energy production, but for overall cellular integrity and health. So how do we produce ATP from oxygen and glucose? Well, we need nutrients. So people who are on a processed food diet are not getting these nutrients and they feel sluggish as a result. So sometimes just giving these nutrients can make all the difference in the world. And people suddenly feel energetic because they're getting their B vitamins and they're getting some of these others that we're gonna be talking about. And sometimes that's not enough because there's much more. So let's just talk about some of these nutrients and then we'll talk about some of the toxins that get in the way and some of the ways to prevent oxidation. So two B vitamins that are super important in the mitochondria for producing ATP are vitamins B2 and vitamin B3. So B2 is riboflavin and B3 is niacin. And so they are responsible for making some of the intermediates that eventually then get converted into ATP. So B3, niacin makes nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, NADH, and then B2 makes flavin adenine dinucleotide, FAD. And if you ever look at the picture, and in our, we have a free guide that goes along with these series, we'll give you a chart that you can kind of look at and see what nutrients and where they come in in the Krebs cycle. You're never going to memorize it unless you're a, you know, somebody with a photographic memory. I don't memorize them. I pull them out. I know that they're there, but I don't remember the exact order and all the different things that come into play with them. So, but the charts are, are invaluable. Some are better than others. We'll give you what I think is the best. 
We've also got a whole bunch of amino acids that are Krebs cycle intermediates. They're going, we're moving chemicals in a cycle from one to the next to the next. We need these nutrients. Um, CoQ10 is super, super important for oxidative phosphorylation. What does that mean? That's how we get the phosphorus and the oxygen and we, we blob things together. It's a, it's a chemical reaction, basically. And CoQ10 is super important in energy production. And you'll see that sometimes people say, oh, I was feeling miserable and I started taking this combination of NADH and CoQ10 and now I feel better. That's great. And let them continue. But you also want to go deeper and find out if there's other things that are out of balance. And why are they out of balance in these particular nutrients? Is it something that's correctable by getting them to eat better? Is it something that some of the foods and some of the exposures they have are interfering with? Or do they have some sort of genetic difference that they actually just need more of these? So all of these things are super important to find out. So we've got the B vitamins, B2 and B3. We've got amino acids. We've got CoQ10. What else is important for producing ATP? Well, magnesium. It activates a chemical called alpha-ketoglutarate, which is a key chemical in the process. And it also is important. When you look at the chart, you'll see that it's not enough magnesium will interfere with some of the movement from one to the next to the next stage. We have carnitine, which shuttles fat into the mitochondria into the cells. And we have ribose, which fuels the fat cycle. It's a type of sugar that fuels the cells. So those are the nutrients that we need to make ATP. We also need nutrients to protect the mitochondria from oxidation. So here's the thing. Mitochondria produce a lot of oxidative byproducts. They're also very sensitive to oxidative byproducts. So things like zinc and selenium and vitamins A and C are super important, as are manganese. Not magnesium, but manganese. Magnesium is super important as well. Copper and then sulfur-containing amino acids. These are all important to protect the mitochondria from oxidation. Remember, these are also important. Some of these are also super important in the immune system and selenium and magnesium are super important in thyroid function. So all of these things connect. And when you have people who are nutrient depleted, which I would say 85% of the population is nutrient depleted because of the foods they're eating and the lack of good foods that they're eating. So let's look at what else damages the mitochondria. So those are nutrients to protect them. What damages the mitochondria? Well, sugar actually damages the mitochondria. And you might say, hmm, why would sugar damage the mitochondria? Sugar is required for the mitochondria to function properly. But what happens is the majority of people are flooding their mitochondria with sugar, but they don't have enough of these nutrients to take it through. And that causes the mitochondria to like go into overload. Trans and heated fats, we know those are damaging to just about everything in the body, and MSG and pesticides and preservatives. They're also damaged by artificial flavorings, processed grains, acid-forming foods, inflammatory foods, and guess what? The hormone cortisol. So all of these things damage the mitochondria and make them less able to do their job, even if you flood them with the nutrition. So what's a person to do? And how do we teach people what to do in order to protect their mitochondria, to optimize the function of their mitochondria? 
Well, we teach them to keep their sugars balanced, right? Keep their blood sugar managed, not eat too much sugar, not eat any really processed sugar and just eat good whole foods sources of sugar because we need to feed them. We have to have coenzymes. Well, coenzymes are all the, the various B vitamins and other vitamins and minerals that activate enzymatic processes. We can talk to them about antioxidants because antioxidants protect the mitochondria. Not just vitamins A, C, and E as the, my, the antioxidant vitamins, but what about glutathione and catalase and superoxide dismutase? And all of these require good functioning liver and good function of the nutrients that go into making them. The balance of fats, too many omega-6s and not enough omega-3s will cause inflammation. And inflammation will cause the mitochondria not to work properly. Well, of course, we want to avoid environmental toxins. We'll talk a little bit more about some of those. And be wary of medications because there's a lot of medications that can stunt the growth of the mitochondria and interfere with the different processes and interfere with the nutrients that are required. And of course, manage stress, because guess what? Cortisol damages the mitochondria. So we need to manage stress. Let's look at a couple more areas that are important and that could be out of balance when somebody is suffering from fatigue or exhaustion or sluggishness or tiredness or whatever you and they want to call it. Well, the immune system. The immune system is there to protect against the outside influences. It's there to keep a balance. It's there to protect the system from being inflamed, from being damaged by chemicals and by proteins and that from foods, of course, but mostly from microbes like viruses and bacteria and parasites. So the immune system function needs to be optimal to have good energy. And the immune system requires good energy to be optimal. So it's kind of we create cycles in the body and we need to teach people how to break the vicious cycles and get their energy back. Digestion is huge, 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 huge in keeping the balance and allowing the mitochondria to function properly. When the microbiome is out of balance and we have organisms living down there that are producing toxins and then they get into the gut because the gut gets leaky as a result of the damage from the bacteria and from the foods that people are eating. The gut function is super important to have good energy. So you have to be looking at all of these things. And finally, the detox pathways. How good are their detox pathways? Are they dealing with some genetic imbalances or genetic variants that cause their detox pathways to slow down? Do they have MTHFR or CYP various and sundry variants from that? Are they able to activate detoxification in our future podcasts on the genetics. We'll talk a lot more about that. So it's really important that they have open detox pathways. And those detox pathways require a lot of the same nutrients as the mitochondria do. So you have to avoid the toxic load and open up the detox pathways in order to have good energy. These are all the things that affect the mitochondria. These are all the things that affect the energy level. And they all work together to produce good energy. So let's just end with some ideas for restoring your client's energy. They're sitting there going, hey, I don't have the energy to even make it through my workday without tons of coffee. And we know what the coffee's doing to them. 
So what do we do? Well, we talk to them about their food choices. As you see from the nutrients needed, we need to have fresh, whole, organic foods. Well, not a lot of pesticides. You know, occasionally people are going to get that because it's hard to eat 100% organic. But we need fresh foods, the fresh foods that are abundant in nutrients, whole foods that haven't been stripped of their nutrients to improve their shelf life. We have to look at their environment. What's their air quality? What's their quantity? How well are they breathing? Are they doing shallow breathing because they're stressed? Are they doing deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing? Do they have an air filter in their home to filter out the toxins in the environment, in the building materials, in the carpeting, in the shower curtains, and all those sorts of things? We also need to look at, are they getting enough sunshine? Vitamin D is super important for energy, by the way. Vitamin D is important for everything. And vitamin D is produced when we get enough sunshine. Sunshine and fresh air. Sunshine and fresh air. And so many people are just spending the days locked inside of rooms and buildings. We need to get them out there and getting fresh air and sunshine. Then we have to look at toxins that we want to avoid. And then if they're exposed, periodically doing some kinds of processes, a cleansing kind of processes to detoxify, to help the body to remove those toxins. So we have toxins where? Well, obviously we have them in the food, right? Pesticides, preservatives, additives, all kinds of colorings and things like that. We have toxins in the water, and making sure that your clients, your patients are all filtering their water before they drink it. Make sure that they're not getting all those pesticides and chemicals and even other people's prescription drugs. And then there's the air, right? The pollution. We look at various cities around the, the U.S. In, at least that are so, so polluted, that there's so much toxic waste. And we try to set rules about what but chemicals can be put into the outlays, the, the outgassing of from factories and various things. But face it, the air is pretty polluted. We can't avoid them all. And letting people know they can't become paranoid and stressed out about avoiding it all and freaking out, they do have to do the best that they can. And there's lots of ways, and you know how to do that as a, as a holistic health practitioner. And if you don't, you need to study up on it. What else? There's the toxins that are produced internally. Every single part of the body produces toxins as a result of just doing its thing. And no, we can't stop those, right? But what we have to do is support the body by avoiding the toxins we can avoid and improving their detoxification pathways. I'm a big fan of periodic cleanses. Whatever that might look like for your client, it's gonna be different from one to the other, but become proficient at helping people to cleanse. Um, we teach people how to do like green cleanses, juice cleanses, but also you know more rigorous type cleanses or more or less rigorous type cleanses. So fasting is a great cleanse, but not everybody can do it. Doing just juices, you gotta be careful if they put the fruit in there or they're super sensitive blood sugar wise. So it's really up to you to really learn as much as you can so you can enable your clients to do the right kind of cleanse. We've do something called fasting while feasting, which is a five day program I put together based on the work of Dr. Uh, Walter Longo, who talked about the fasting mimicking diet. There are 
approach was to make powdered stuff, and some people want the powdered stuff. But for those who want the the whole foods approach, the fasting while feasting, and those of you who have been in my programs or in our nutritional endocrinology training, you have access to that, that you can help and guide your clients through. We've got movement and rest. That's the balance between movement and rest. We've got to move to sweat, right? Sweat and get the lungs working better and get more oxygen into the system and sweat out the toxins. But we also have to look at at rest. And, you know, some people don't exercise enough, but I'm sure you've run into those clients who just exercise too much. Like they're fatigued, but they push and they push and they push and that makes it worse. So it's really helping each person finding that balance of movement and getting enough sleep. There's so many things that happen when you don't get enough sleep. Of course, you don't get enough sleep. You may not have energy the next day, but you also have a buildup of toxins, right? You have more fat storage than fat burning because a lot of that burning happens during sleep. We don't get to clean out the brain and allow it to function without the cobwebs. And so that sluggish brain can be a part of that. So sleep, 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 sleep. Highly recommend a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Uh, excellent book. If you're on the fence about, yeah, sleep, it's, you know, it's overpopularized. No, it's not. Thoughts and attitudes. People with a positive outlook. People who are appreciative and live in an attitude of gratitude and are caring and loving and live with the premise of leading with kindness and assuming positive intent, which are the values that I put into my business and I expect everybody in our business to to follow. Those are super important because it helps the body to be more efficient at making energy, but also helps with the body's production and processing of various nutrients and interactions between them. And then a couple more things, structure alignment. You know, as a, as a trained chiropractor, I know the importance of having the joints in place and moving properly. And when they're not, the energy gets bogged down when we're dealing with places in the body that can't move properly. So I think posture and mobility are super important. And finally, the energetics of the balance, you know, ancient wisdom, acupuncture, whether it's Chinese medicine, Korean medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, all use these principles of energy in the body. And we really need to pay attention to that. That's a story for another day. So I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you doing the work that you do because I think we all need to band together and create this movement and reinvent the broken healthcare system. We all have the power to prevent needless suffering and to empower people to make the diet and lifestyle changes that will improve their energy and possibly even save their lives. I've seen it over and over. And the more you work on and master the art of using functional principles, whole toxin-free foods to balance body functions, to get more energy, to help the cells produce more energy, the greater your success will be with empowering your clients to achieve their health and wellness goals. And that's what I'm here for. I think that's what you're here for too. I think that's what we're all here for. So when you can do this, when you can help people to identify the underlying causes of their low energy, you're helping them to live a better life. And as a result, you're going to have a fulfilling and thriving practice. 
You'll have people who are sending their friends and family members to you. You're going to be known as the person who gets results, even with the people who've been struggling for a long, long time. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel good because you're changing lives for the better. So download the free guide I created to access checklists and pictures to support you in helping your clients to restore their energy. You can do that at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash energy. And if you have questions, simply click the ask a question button on the top navigation on the reinventhealthcare.com site. And we'll get to your questions and we'll incorporate them into a future episode. So thank you and get out there and start doing the work. And until next time, shine on. Thank you for listening to the Reinvent Healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.